You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Donrekla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert. And I'm really, really excited about this conversation. I, I'm typically excited about my interviews, but this one in particular feels super crucial right about now. Um, and really an invitation for all of us to set down you know, what we think we know, right? The the barriers that we put up around us, the, um, you know, as I talk about a lot, I came from the intelligence world and, and, and you, you want to talk about the most like paranoid and, and suspicious environment in the world. That's, that's probably it. Um, and so there's this natural tendency to see things as threats and to, to want to, to guard against it. And, and we're going to dive into a conversation around the church and Christianity today. And I know so many of you have had experience with that, um, some in really beautiful, positive ways, and you continue to walk on that path. Some of you are not so beautiful in positive ways, and, and you veered off that path and um, may never return. Some of you haven't been exposed to it all, but you certainly have heard stories about it, right? We've got an idea in our collective consciousness about what the church represents, and it means something different to all of us. The problem that I'm seeing in these conversations of personal development, spiritual growth, religion, spirituality, everything else, it is the disconnect and this kind of desire to want to be right. And um, our guest today actually spoke to it this weekend about you know the difference between right being righteous and right. And and we're gonna we're gonna let him kind of flesh some of that out for you. But but I've in, invited Dr. Mark Moore to join us today. He is remarkable. First of all, I, I really enjoy his teachings and his perspective and the depth of knowledge that he brings into these conversations. He's a teaching pastor at Christ Church of the Valley. So for those of you who don't live in Phoenix and maybe aren't aware, Christ Church of the Valley has done something really, really, really remarkable. Um, one, it attracted the Reclas. So the, you know, the cat's out of the bag, the Reclas uh, uh, attend church. Um, and, and we couldn't always say that for a lot of the reasons why a lot of you don't say that. Um, but church, you know, Christ Church of the Valley, CCV, is one of the largest churches in the States. It's certainly the largest in Arizona. And they have just managed to break down some barriers that I've never seen another church do, and particularly at the size. So well over 30,000 people weekly in attendance. Um, he, he joined them back in July of 2012 officially. But prior to that, I mean, he, he's got this really remarkable resume that that helps explain the depth of knowledge and the passion with which he brings to some conversations that are really trying these, uh, you know, in the collective consciousness and these times that we're in. So I invite you to sit down um, and, and kind of take a breath, right? Take, take a pause. He's, he's authored many, many books. You, so you're going to be able to consume more of his material. We'll tell you how to find that. Um, but he's, he's really this remarkable embodiment of what Christ has asked all of us to do, if that's your belief system. But let's stretch that out even further and say, you know, on some level, you're drawn into this podcast because you do believe that there's something bigger. You do want to be bigger. You want to be um, more fully who you are. And, and whether you call that the divine or source or spirit or, um, you know, energy, um, it just doesn't matter on some level because getting in touch with it means that we acknowledge this connectivity that we all share. 
And, and Mark just does a beautiful job of, of linking things together to help explain why we've seen some of those discrepancies and how we can work toward mending them. Um, so we're talking today about the frequency of Christ consciousness. And I invite you into this conversation um, with an open mind and an open heart and to really hear the synchronicities of what we're going to share. You trust us. You believe in our material, and I'm asking you to to step into some places that maybe you haven't been in in quite a long time, and to receive it differently. Mark, thank you so much. I I, I can't. I don't know that I could thank you enough for for being brave and courageous to come into a podcast called Superpower Up and share the the word of Jesus and 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 your take on that. So thank you for joining us today. Well, well, listen, I I've already. I've already gotten benefit from it because I'm going to take your introduction and I'm going to give it to my wife because she may not even <laughs> recognize that person. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I'm a fellow pilgrim and just somewhere along the way, I'm hoping to connect with my creator and make that help other people who want to walk that same path. Just have a little wider on-ramp to that. So thanks for having me on. Mm, beautiful. And I think that's what CCB does so remarkably well is they really open that invitation without this kind of desperate need to convert. And that, I mean, it's so beautiful to, to kind of open that up and say, hey, we, we, we just want to support you. If this is of interest to you, we're here to support that. And, and, um, and, and I think that you just gave words to it in, in a beautiful way. Prior to, or before we kind of jump into all of that, um, you know what I'm going to ask you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are your superpowers? Well, other than, you know, I've got like two spiritual gifts. One of them is sleeping. I'm incredibly <laughs> good at that any place, anytime. But the, the probably I would say I'm, I'm not the best at anything, but I'm a unique combination of two things. Um, I'll use kind of the classic terminology I was a college professor for 22 years, and it was a Christian college. We were training future pastors and, and ministers. So I've got the kind of the academic side down, but I'm, the, I'm not the best scholar uh, that's, that's, that's ever been. I've met a couple of those, uh, but I'm not in that echelon. The other thing that I do is I'm a, I'm a preacher or a public, public speaker, communicator. I, I would say I'm good. I don't, I'm not the best. But if you combine those two, I think my my superpower to put it in you know, like a colloquialism, I'm I'm really good at getting the cookies down on the bottom shelf. So mm-hmm. taking the the these big ideas and making them palatable, accessible for for people who are just entering in, and they they I I don't I try not to intimidate people with big words and big ideas, but just try to explain them in a way that someone can say, "Man, I've always felt that." Thank you for helping me put words to it. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And I know that's part of the reason why I'm so drawn into you and, and, and your style is because that that's a lot of what I serve over, you know, kind of on this other side of the conversation. And, you know, we, we talked briefly about, and, and, it's, and it's perfect that we're talking about frequency today because what you're really kind of talking about here is something that, that I refer to a lot as, as, you know, this information is super, super conceptual, right? Like we know, we know in every cell of our being, like you don't, you don't, you know, touch the face of God or, or, or feel him or, or have spirit coursing through your brain, like, or, and, and not feel it, right? There's nothing more real in those moments when we're able to light up 
and, and the tears flow and, and our, our, our senses tingle. Like, like we know when spirit has, has moved us. Yeah, that's right. The challenge is, you know, most people don't know how to sustain that. And so they, they kind of have their moment and then they go back to quote unquote real life. And a lot of our work here at Superpower Experts is helping people understand that, that there's nothing more real than that life. And, and the idea that you can live in it is super absurd to so many people. And yet, isn't that what Jesus did? Like, like very clearly he was in the world, but not of it. And he's invited us to do that. Why are we so disregarding of that? Well, and I would even come behind your statement. There, one of the ancient texts of, well, of all religion, but certainly of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says that God said, let us make man in our own image, male and female, he created them. And so I, I've thought a lot about what, is it, what does it mean to be in the image of God? And this may be overly simplistic, but I think if you, if you look at the characteristics of God, the characteristics of humans, the characteristics of animals, you could also put, you know, the inanimate objects, rocks and trees, or maybe the angels or demons. I just want to focus on those three. There are characteristics that humans share with animals. There are characteristics that humans share with God, but they don't share with animals. And it's that subset that I think defines what it means to have the divine spark in us, or the Latin term is imago Dei, the image of God in us. And what, what just inflames me that's a, in a positive way is those attributes. I mean, there's more than what I'm going to list here, but let me just list a few. Language, art, uh, love. Now, I don't know animals feel emotions towards uh, owners and, and towards their own species, but the kind of love I'm talking about is love for a stranger or even, in Jesus' words, love for an enemy. Uh, it, it, the way we eat meals is part of the, of the divine. No other animal eats like we do. No other animal designates times or decorates tables. And so if you just lay those across on a table, the, the beauty, the, the, the arts, language, uh, communication, eating, those are all mundane things that we do every day, multiple times in almost every human interaction. So in a sense, whether we recognize it or not, our most mundane existence is at the level of the transcendent divine characteristics that God embedded in every human being. Mm. Mm, beautiful. I, I love what you're talking about. The Because and what struck me about CCV and what really started to chip away at um, kind of some of my own um, posturing around the church was, um, and, and yeah, you, you can definitely say it better than I can, but the core, there, there's a statement that CCV holds that is one of the most beautiful kind of mission vision type statements I've ever heard in my existence. And it, it was something like in um Again, I'm going to just kind of butcher it, but it's the idea of the um, the the ba the most important principles in that were unified. What what is the statement yeah. that that you all it, say in starting point? It is actually a statement that goes back to the a movement in the early 1800s. It says, "In essentials, unity." Uh, <laughs> and now I just tripped over. In essentials, <laughs> unity. In opinions, liberty. In all things, love. Hmm. Oh, and, and there's a version of that in starting point that it just hit me. And I was like, 
that is the biggest issue and why people are so repulsed by the church is are the control measures or stuff. I remember I lived in Tijuana for a summer. I was working with a binational mission team when I was in college. It's, 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 it was a group that I was exposed to in high school through, through my um, church. Our pastor was just this amazing being who walked the earth and, and exposed us to mission work and being of service. And he has since passed, but he was just this amazing, amazing, I mean, walked closer to, to Christ than anyone I've ever known. And um, so I went back in college and I remember noticing that the rules, it was with the Presbytery, the rules for the churches on the state side were extremely different than the rules for the churches um, in, in Mexico. And, and I asked the pastor, the, the Mexican pastor, I said, what, why, why are your rules much more stringent here? Like no drinking, no drugs, no, I mean, they really got into people's business with that. And his explanation was that the um, influences were so much harder for people to overcome in Tijuana than they were in Chula Vista. And I was like, well, okay, that's interesting. And I, I could hear him. I understood. And he had thought about this and stuff. And obviously his, 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 his flock, his, his church um, congregated to him. But I remember that sticking in my mind. And I do think that as we grow and develop and become more autonomous and move through Maslow's hierarchy, the idea of somebody kind of lording over us with regard to the the rules and the this and the that, like it's exhausting to to have to kind of wonder if you're doing the right thing and everything else. And and so that one statement really narrowed it all in for me, really honed it in in this easily consumable kind of myopic perspective of look, there are some foundational principles that are crucial and that and, and they're very clear. Like there's really no wishy washiness about that. But yet everything else is opinion, like everything else is the human overlay and, and everybody trying to interpret it as best as they can. Some of it is control, like very clearly, we've seen examples of that. Um, but that's, that's this beautiful kind of intersection of allowing people to be and develop and to find their own resonance with Christ and spirit and keeping the kind of the construct clear, right? Because otherwise it gets too chaotic. It gets too um, all, all open for interpretation and there's no continuity, right? Well, that's yeah, an I mean, extremely there, delicate balance. Well, there has to be some essentials and everyone would agree with that. And I think everyone would also agree when you have any kind of grouping of people, call it an organization, call it a community, whatever term fits for you, every community has some internal structural rules that holds the unity of the gathering together. But that's okay. But what you've identified is one of the, it's not just one of the core points of the church that I serve, CCV, but it was a core principle for Christ. And if you go and just scour the history of Jesus, everything you can learn about him in the four gospels of the Bible, you will find that three times he lost his temper, only three times. Every time he lost his temple, temper, it was with religious leaders who were keeping someone away from access to God because of one of these rules that was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to be a church that gets angry at the right things and not angry <laughs> at the wrong things. I love it. Right, but you can tell a lot by a person what, what fires them up. What I think where we've gone wrong, and look, I've been in those churches that are a little bit more legalistic and judgmental. The motives for their rules is 
it can be articulated in a positive way. We're trying to keep people from self-destructive behavior. And look, all of that is good. Public schools do the same thing. U.S. government does the same thing. We're trying to keep people from hurting themselves. And all of us, for a number of reasons, hurt people, hurt people. Look, I get it. At the same time, as a church, you have an option to focus on insiders or outsiders. When you get focused on insiders, then protection of your position and power becomes more important than the message of love of Christ. And so it's, but it's, I'm telling you, it's difficult because the people who are, uh, you know, the volunteers of the church, the supporters of the church, the leaders, they're all insiders. And when you make a decision, no, we are going to go, and Jesus said this himself, if if a shepherd loses one sheep, he leaves the 99 in the field and goes and finds the one lost sheep. If that's your heart, then your challenge is going to be bucking a system that wants to lay rules on the sheep that are in the pen that may actually become fences for keeping sheep out of the pen. Mm. Mm, I love that. Well, I want to I want to touch on a couple of these points, but we're going to take a quick break for and and don't, don't fear folks if you're not in the United States and I know a lot of you are not and we and we thank you for listening. You do not have to be present here physically, although I do recommend you come visit and you can you know, you can hang out with the reckless. But you can you can listen to CCV online. You can you can go. I mean, they they just have a remarkable system, which I want to talk about here in a second. But before we go to break, Mark, where should we send people to find out about the church? To find out more about you, where can we send them? Uh, for the church, it's simply ccv.church. Uh, great website, easily accessible. It can you can get it on your smartphone just as well. Uh, for me personally, I have kept my twenty years of teaching. Everything is free. Markmore.org. Perfect. And we'll, we'll put links to that on the site, folks. We're talking with Dr. Mark Moore from Christ Church of the Valley, and we're talking about the frequency of Christ consciousness. Stay with us. You're not going to want to miss the rest of this conversation, folks. We will be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Superpower Up Network. This is the Disrupt Reality Show. We're talking with Dr. Mark Moore from CCV Church here in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're talking about the frequency of Christ consciousness. And Mark, you said something super fascinating and, and you're like light me up because like my whole world is vision integrity, right? But, but in terms of systems and processes and making sure that the structure is sound so that this work can flourish. And that is, in my opinion, the single biggest differentiator of CCV, although there, there are many, but the structure is so incredibly sound. And so you mentioned it earlier, like most churches have to hyper-focus on what's happening inside the church on their insiders and controlling people because the system isn't sound. And I have never in all of my experiences been able to relax so quickly into a structure um, from everything from security. You know, we have, we have Neva, like Neva, she's nine and she's out there. She and I have a show 
um, that, that, that we recorded recently on resisting the pedestal, right? What happens when people hmm. start to recognize you and, and, and you're attracting attention because of things that you've accomplished versus, you know, your character, because people don't know your character, you know, they haven't gotten to know you yet. And how do you kind of guard your heart and soul and, and, and help it flourish in the midst of that? And, and so the idea of being able to relax into the, the security mechanisms, the, um, the structure from, I mean, you all have at any given moment, uh, you know, thousands upon thousands of people, either volunteering, working there, attending there. Um, that's no easy feat. And I think part of why the message can come through so clearly is that the details are so closely attended in alignment with what we talked about before the break, which is it's not, um, the structure has to be super clear, but it's not necessarily from a dictatorial um, coming down on you like the wrath of God kind of moral perspective. It's simply a, the rules of the playground are very clearly defined and people get to choose if they want to play in that playground. Yeah, um, it, right. It's a beautiful mix. Yes, yes, how, so, how does that happen? Like, like it's like magic. Like, how, so how does all that kind of culminate? Obviously, years and years and in practice and ebb and flowing. But, but what do you attribute all that to? Well, we were the the church was founded 35 years ago by a senior pastor who is just an extraordinary uh, human being, and he had a vision for a church that people will want to run into rather than run from, and. It just as a sidebar, I kind of laugh about this, but it's, it's really true. One of my favorite places uh, on our campus is the children's area when it's time to go home. Because I, <laughs> I love watching parents trying to get their kids because their kids are crying. No, we don't want to go home. When I was a kid, I cried when I had to go to church. And so <laughs> what a difference. And if you come to, um, you know, Easter's this weekend, we'd invite anybody to come. You'll see people are lined up to get in. And I think the reason is what you said, we have made a system that prioritizes our guest, not the insider. So one of our most important teams, honestly, is our parking lot team. And -hmm. they get more hassle than anybody else. Because look, if you're late, and the place is bigger than you thought, and you don't really know where to go. That's where the tension is. They will always greet you with a smile. We have a very mm-hmm. specific way of traffic flowing in and traffic going out. I know that is a mundane example. We train up our volunteers, and the whole parking lot is 100% volunteers. One staff member gets all these volunteers, but training them in very specific ways, not just how to move traffic, but to how to help how to recognize people who might be hurting and give them priority. Mm. As you move into the interior of the campus, you're walking along, you will be greeted at least three or four times before you ever get in the building. Right, But not in that gross way of like, like we see you, you're new. Like, like that was the thing that was so impressive, very welcoming, but it was like, there was still a little bit of anonymity. Like I could still kind of walk around and, and feel open to do that and observe it didn't feel um Yeah, we don't put a visitor all. sticker on your chest and you know, <laughs> shake your hand vigorously. We yeah. So it's I mean, even down even down to the details, this is an interesting detail that in our main auditorium, our bathrooms, you have to actually walk outside of the building to go go into the bathrooms. Now this is covered, so even if it's raining or you know, really hot, why do we do that? Because we recognize, uh, especially for, uh, for men, 
bathrooms are uncomfortable places because the the, the lines if you have a, a line in the bathroom and then if you're having to you know wait on someone in the in the bathroom we want it to be at a place where you can have the, a little bit more anonymity than inside a building where everyone's staring at you it, down oh to those goodness. kind of details <laughs> you know, like i I thought I was uh, detail-oriented. That's beautiful. I well, never noticed a, that. Good. Here's another Most example. Most people don't get one over on me, but that one, that one I missed. How do, you, how do you get people, like we want people to feel comfortable coming back and, and really being a part of us. The, a person will join, this is true of any organization, a person will join your organization in inverse ratio to the time it takes to get, you know, butt in the seat to butt in the truck. And so we, you have to slow people down, just slow them down. Mm-hmm. Grocery stores do that at the checkout stand by their end caps. Mm-hmm. We do that with a grill and TVs playing sports <laughs> Be- because people, you know, you've just been uh, in the building for an hour. You want to check the scores. And so if you can get someone to pause for 15 seconds at a TV screen to check a score, and then they start smelling a grill, they will likely stay around for an hour and a half. Because we also put in the same path a large grassy area with large balls, frisbees, and, and kids see that, and it's like crack cocaine to a child. And so, what's well, probably a terrible illustration, but the, no, the let's kids, keep going with it. That's fun. Yeah, the kids are going, Dad, 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 can I go play? And you know, he's locked onto the game. So yeah, you go play. Well, an hour later, suddenly they've had a significant spiritual conversation with someone who invited them or brought them or someone they just met. Just this last Sunday, I met a woman. She's in her uh, 50s. She was sitting with a woman in her 70s. She didn't know a soul. Came onto our campus three years ago, got a bite to eat. There was no seats left. And an older woman said, can I sit with you? They had a two-hour conversation the first time they met. That was three years ago. Both of them were alone. To this day, they have never missed a Sunday lunch together at church. Mm. And the older woman has just been diagnosed with stage four cancer. So mm. this, this woman is going to be her adopted daughter and caretaker at the end of life issues. I mean, how beautiful is that? Mm. Well, and I know some of you are listening going, aha, see, I knew they were manipulating people. And, da, da, da. and it's absolutely, and it's, You know, we do the same thing and we're very transparent about it because ultimately we're all on this journey together and we all are are begging each other to help us be better versions of ourselves, to hold us accountable to this higher standard, to, to, to help us continue to feel what it feels like as we walk this world in our wholeness and in love and, and in connection so of course there are manipulations that happen just like with the environment and everything else to, to hold that frequency, right? Because if you don't have that, you know, and, and it's great, we can say we want freedom of choice, we want all those stuff, but let's face it, folks, left to our own regard, with the amount of influences that are around us, with the frequencies at which, you know, most of us surround ourselves with our friends, with our, our situations, with our work environments, whatever, wherever you're immersed in, it is far easier to sink into that than it is to continually lift yourself up, right? That's why we work in collaboration. That's why all of our programs do what they do. That's why none of our coaches work with anyone individually alone ever, because we, we rely on the collaboration to do exactly what Mark's talking about, 
um, to to uplift each other and to say, hey, hey, we want you to 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 communicate. The relationship with you and getting to know you is worth more to us than the fact that you attended a service. And of course, that makes you want to come back and it makes you want to be involved and it makes you want to volunteer and it makes you want to do all these things. I don't want to leave. I'm a little upset with you all that there aren't more things going on during the week there, right? <laughs> well, let me, like, I'm let not going to lie. Well, let me jump into something you said about manipulation because I, I, I'm not going to deny that. We create systems, <clears throat> excuse me, that help people find their frequency. Now, if you manipulate me by changing my frequency, I have an issue with that, but if you if you manipulate me by turning the dial so that I can hear what's already been in my heart. So, for example, mm-hmm. we provide food services. People love to eat together. That I'm I'm helping you turn up the dial where you already are. We have these coffee shops and we have these uh, great outdoor areas. People love to sit in the sunshine and have a meal with their family. I'm going to provide a space for that. And one of the changes of of this church, and there are other great churches, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of others doing similar kind of things, but in other churches that I had been in, we programmed fellowship. That is, we had a fellowship dinner, we had a fellowship night, and people were asked to come. We don't program fellowship here, we architect it. Mm, We create spaces so that people will do here what they want to do and they're going to do it and it could be at a club it could be at a sports bar it could be a lot of different places but we want to have people live out their humanity the eating the conversations the music the fellowship in a space that you know is healthy not just for you but for a guest you might bring for your children for your aging parents Mm. Well, they have some of the best French fries you could ever imagine. So if, if nothing else, you know, come for the French fries. But the but I want to talk about something you said earlier, Mark, about um, you, you talked about, you know, when you as a child and, and, and perhaps it was a little tongue in cheek. But I, I want to go back to because I want to know, have you always religiously walked this path? Like, did you deviate from the church at all and come back to it? What what's the story for you? Well, I, I did not. However, uh, there was a crisis in my faith uh, when, my, when I was 12 years old, a two-year-old brother, one uh, brother two years older, uh, younger brother, one year younger. So there's three of us boys. Uh, my mother, who was in the church, uh, she and my father got divorced. It was more her decision than his, but um, you know, not casting blame. It was they were they were not well yoked together at the time. She left our she left the church and left my father, and then the three of us had to decide who we were going to live with. At that point, my my brothers uh, went with her. I stayed with my father. So it, I mean, it was a crisis point where I really had to evaluate, you know, imagine that a 12 year old having to make that decision, not just what family member I'm going to be with, but what faith I'm going to follow. Mm. So I had a lot of reasons and a lot of draw to leave the church, but two things I couldn't get around. I, I just, to this day, I mean, there's a lot of questions I have. Our, our listeners are going to have, you know, say, I question the Bible. I question this. Look, I've got more questions than anybody about faith. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but the, because I've, I've been deeper down the rabbit hole than most. But the two things I cannot get over 
is that there is a God who created this world and a specific kind of a God who created a world that would enable us to have a relationship with him. The second thing I can't get over is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like he, he rose from the dead. The grave was empty. I've been to Jerusalem. I just walked those streets three weeks ago. Mm. He rose from the dead. And so now I have to, have to deal with this truth of God. And this makes so much sense to me because the, one of the beautiful messages of Christianity is I don't reach up to God first. He reaches down to me first. And how else could I get to the divine unless he made the first move? And it goes back to something you alluded to a moment ago about uh, law versus grace or rules versus freedom. There is so much freedom. I don't have to earn God's love and respect. He is crazy about me. And just realizing that frees me from whatever guilt or shame in my past. And look, let's just be clear. Sin is not just what you do. It's what was done to you. And there's a lot of reasons why I have done the things that I've done is because of the brokenness put upon me by others. And it's a cycle that we get into, and that's a discussion for another day. But to know that Jesus came from God to me, rose from the dead to conquer our worst enemy of death, I'm in. Mm. Well, and for, and for those of you who who that that's a leap, right? The idea of the resurrection stuff that that kind of grates on you from you know all kinds of wounds and stuff like Mark's talking about. Let let's just let's just back off just a little bit and go. Okay, let's say that's too far of a stretch for you. But at the end of the day, it's undeniable that we have stories about somebody and many somebodies, right, who have walked the world in a way that says, you know what, we can do this differently. Like, let's just at least at the bare minimum start there and say, okay, is it possible that we can um, address each other in love first? Is it possible that we are willing to, even if it's just a little leap up, folks, just a little notch up in frequency, go, you know what, let me take a breath. Let me just see if I can't see this differently because, because what Mark speaks to is so undeniably true. When you have felt spirit move through you, it is an undeniable truth. And if you've never, ever, ever felt that, then I, then I encourage you to reach out to us. I encourage you to, to tap into something that allows you to connect into that because that's where you can start, right? We're not asking you to like hook, line, and sinker, buy into all of it. You know, some of you have your own versions of religion and faith that you follow. And at the same time, that undeniable piece of what is the whole point, right? The point isn't so we can all profess that we believe that Jesus died and, and was resurrected for us. Absolutely, that's a component of Christianity, but but for what purpose, right? Why? And if at the very end of all of this, you, you can just get to the conclusion of, you know what? I think we can be a little bit nicer to each other just to start. Let's just, just start, start there. And say, you know, what happens when we open up our hearts just a little bit? What happens when we stop wanting to make the church wrong? When we stop going, aha, you know what? That's what I can't get behind. Prove it. Prove that he was resurrected. It's like, great. You go down that rabbit hole. You study it. But don't sacrifice your heart and soul and your relationships while you're discovering that. Be in that. Be in that love. Choose love first and then seek discovery because the frequency of wanting to prove people wrong and wanting to go into fear and protection will never get you to truth. 
all it's going to do is further foster your own fear beliefs. So, and, and truthfully make you miserable. Like that's your own little prison that you've locked yourself within. If you truly want free of that, we're not asking you to buy into any sort of methodology, but at least commit to what happens when I, I, I sit down what, what, what I think I know and open my heart and my mind to the potential that maybe there's another perspective. Maybe there's another way to live because if you're miserable and, and, and you don't have enough money and you don't like your job and your marriage isn't going well, well, what have you got to lose, right? Like, like, like let's, let's try something different, right? And so well, and I th- I as think, it's rudimentary form, that's what we're talking about. And, and I think uh, there's also a meta-narrative in the story of Christ that is transcendent of no matter where your background is, what your, your beliefs are, there, the sacrifice and love, there, there is no true love without true sacrifice. And for, for us to see him as a model of how to live for the other by laying down our lives, that's a powerful, that is a powerful meta-narrative that every human being from every perspective needs to grab a hold of. Oh, so how can we, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't want to wrap up. I really want to keep talking with you and, and I want to be sensitive to the time of our listeners and your time. So how can we um, kind of encapsulate that and say, okay, what, let's say you're not ready to, you know, download CCV app and start consuming the material. But by all means, if you're getting that resonance, I, I highly encourage it. Beautiful, beautiful material there and, and some great messages. Um, but let's say that that's not what you're feeling called into. Let, let's wrap this up. What is a step that people can take in terms of, if not maybe buying hook, line, and sinker, believing in, in, in the Christ story completely, but how can we um, invite them to experience the gift that exists in that conversation? Well, I mean, I, I would say a couple of things, and thank you for, for that. Thank you for this conversation. It's, it's been beautiful. First of all, I, I think a lot of people have been hurt by church, and look, I get that. What, however you foster your faith, do it in community. Have a conversation with someone that's important to you. You don't have to agree with everything they say, but without a conversation, our greatest forward momentum in our own soul and spirit, our own spirituality, it's in community. And that goes back to our created nature where we are gregarious beings. And the other thing I would say is you know, there's a, the most powerful sermon Jesus ever preached. In fact, it's the most powerful speech ever given by anybody's reckoning. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, verse 12, he, he makes a statement that really turned religion on its head. Instead of saying, as Confucius had said, as the Rabbi Hillel had said, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. That's the silver rule. He gave the golden rule, do to others what you would want them to do to you. So could we all just start today by doing something simple for another human being that would increase their level of uh, their sense that they are valued, loved, and have dignity because we exist in this world? That's a start for everybody. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah, we... I love that you share that we, one of the things Justin and I work with Neva on is, you know, she'll get frustrated with somebody or a little friend or something. And, you know, she's not feeling this or she's not, feeling that, or, or even with us and, 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 and kind of burst out and helping her understand that what, what our hearts desperately yearn for 
is connection, right? And when we're not feeling connected is when we are able to do atrocities to each other. And, and we, Justin, I even taught this when um, we were teaching at the counter Intel special agent course, we taught in group out group dynamics, right? As long as we can see somebody as another, as a other Absolutely. and not connected to us, we can carry out all kinds of horrible things and judge them and get mad at them. Even if we don't speak the words, but we say them in our minds and, and hold them in our hearts. And, and, and at the end of the day, if you don't feel connected folks, what are you doing to connect? Take a That's step. Right. Just just open your heart. Up. I mean, it's great to be like, they're not loving me the way I want to be loved. And they're not doing this. It's like, okay, great. But are you, right? We have to be willing to look at ourselves first before we go pointing fingers. If, if, if these conversations interest you, and, and uh, you know, like I said, I highly recommend checking out CCB or, or a church close by or something. Just follow your heart. Um, if you want help and how to kind of break down some of the behaviors and stuff that have impeded your ability to do that, you know, check out our superpower programs. That's what our coaches are here to do. We lead with our hearts and our souls and we love you and we just want to support you as, as you have the courage to do something differently than what you've been doing. If, if you're on cloud nine and your life is perfect and you're, you're super happy and keep doing what you're doing. If you can't say that, then let's help you get there right? Because it is possible and we do believe it and we believe in you. And we also believe that the world is waiting for you to open up into that and into your wholeness and into your gifts because you've got something to share and we want it. We want that from you and we want you and your wholeness. And, and if you're surrounding yourself with people who are threatened by that, go have a different conversation. Don't let people make you feel small, right? But, but find the people who are going to uplift you and support you and remind you of who you are. And, and Mark, I can't thank you enough for, 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 like I said, for having the courage to come on this quirky show that we've created. Um, no, I love it. And, I love it. You're doing a great job. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you and everyone else is doing out at CCB. Um, it means a lot to us to have a place where we can go and get fed. Uh, Neva gets to volunteer. And, and I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful environment with lots of opportunity to, to develop those relationships. And that, that means um, the world to us. And, so thank you for that, folks. Check out ccb.church. Check out markmore.org. We'll have those links on the site. Um, but until next time, folks, we appreciate your loyalty. We know you could be doing a lot of other things and you're listening to us and the numbers are showing it. We're very excited about the uh, viral nature of this. Just, so share it with your friends. Um, but let's love each other. Let's hold ourselves to, the, to just a little bit higher standard. You know, We all don't need to be Jesus right this minute, but, but maybe we can just take a step toward that. Um, and, and, and relax into the awareness that you are loved, you are supported, and you're so much bigger than, than you think you are. Um, we love you all, and we thank you for your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.